0: The Hazy Podcast is brought to you by E.K. the DJ and Michael Reed. Join them each season as they discuss the adventures contained in various audiobooks. This season, they'll be providing reactionary commentary on the
1: So I Got Hazed audiobook by Michael Reed. Chapter 13. Go-Getter. October 14th. The Laundry Life. A week after my first failed laundry story, it was time to wash all of my clothes again. I put my clothes in the washing machine before my morning class, and an hour later I came back. In that time span, someone had taken my wet clothes out of the washer. They piled them on top of the same detergent pile that I hadn't cleaned the previous week. It had happened again, except this time, there was an added annoyance. There was a handwritten note on top of my clothes, and girly block letters that read, Don't leave your clothes in the wash. I was heated, because the cycle took 40 minutes, and I was gone for an hour. The clothes couldn't have sat for more than 20 minutes even thinking about this now like maybe she came in she's like this fucking guy again when yeah so
0: it's, like, it's all about perspective right like i don't know i'm i'm definitely the kind of guy that if you're if you if there's a timer right and it's a 40 minute timer you knew when that timer was going to end there are four washing machines on that hall with 400 people in it <laughs> Like, so you're, you're in, no, this in, you're lucky I didn't put your entire load of laundry into the trash can. You're lucky I put it on top of the washing machine. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. Okay. <laughs> Someone felt so entitled or was so inconsiderate that they thought their laundry was more important than everyone else's. I knew that the girl's clothes were still in the washer because she would have just taken my clothes out only a few minutes earlier. I could see her clothing through the plastic window on the washing machine. I opened it up and restarted her wash on an extra long hot cycle. I added a few more coins, closed the lid, and left with my wet clothes. I took my clothes to the third floor laundry room that happened to be directly under Polonai's room. I had to be a lot more careful with my laundry from then on since there were washing machine bandits on my floor. I was certain we weren't supposed to be going to other floors to do laundry, but who cares? There were more important things to worry about than laundry machines. There were parties to go to, and events to finish. I made a new ritual out of spreading my clothes to different floors to get my laundry done quickly. Yeah, once I found out that uh, there was laundry machines on every floor, it was pretty pimp. Because then I realized that I could get all of my laundry done in 40 minutes. We had a laundry machine in the, in the basement of my apartment
0: building. And... It took these weird, like, magnetic chips instead of coins, and we had to buy those from the realtor's office. Like a check. and think cheese. We could get them for. I feel like we could get them for free from the realtor's office. Um, but yeah, they they're they like these like they were like these rectangular like tickets, but they were like magnetic, like an arcade token. Yeah, kind of. Um. But we, I I mean, as soon as I moved into the frat house, that was where so many people did laundry in the frat house.
1: So I pretty much learned my, my lesson from that experience. October 14th, library sex trade. Celeste and Claire found John and I in the library with James and Tony. They asked if we could sneak out for some fun at their house. Being young, horny, and stupid, both of us told James and Tony they'd have to cover for us. James and Tony said that we would all get hazed if we left. It was worth it for sex, and there was no arguing with John and I. John and I snuck out of the library with Celeste and Claire through a service elevator. We got into their car behind the library and drove over to their house to avoid detection. We spent the night having a great time with both of the girls. Claire and I got close, and Celeste warmed up to John. We never went back to the library, but we didn't care we'd take whatever punishment the frack could come up with. So we straight up snuck out of the library during library hours and went over to these girls' houses to hook up. I don't remember ever... I never lived in the dorms, so I never had to do any sneaking. Yeah, but sneaking out of the library? That was our first, like, F.U. Because there was always a brother waiting when we got out of the library to make sure that we left at the close, and there was always somebody there at the beginning to make sure we got there when they opened. I remember ever having that much pressure on us on library hours. Oh yeah, there was always I think there was a lot of angry brothers that wanted a haze. October 15th, just a flesh wound. John and I were called over to the chapter house in the evening. Mitch had found out that we snuck out of the library with the girls the night before. We were sent down into the basement, where we were hazed for a while. Chippy and Mitch were the only ones there hazing us. We had to do push-ups and pretend to surf, while Chippy threw buckets of water on us. When we were nice and soaked, Chippy pulled out a jar of pig's hooves and told John and I to eat them. It was impossible. He kept giving them to us, but we couldn't get them down. We puked them up every time we tried to swallow them. Chippy told us to stop wasting his food, but eventually, he ran out of garbage to feed us. Have you ever tried to eat a pig's hoof out of a jar before? Yes. <laughs> I was in the
0: same fraternity you were.
1: Well, I don't know if you were ever able to swallow them, but like it's like eating a giant piece of snot connected to a bone. Yeah, it's disgusting. Chippy and Mitch went upstairs and came back down with trash cans full of garbage. They emptied the trash cans by pouring them on John and I. Then they told us to do more push-ups. We tried to move most of the broken glass aside, but it was impossible to avoid it all. My shoe slipped on the floor, and my knee landed on some broken glass. It managed to cut me pretty deep. I didn't say anything until we were done being hazed, and then I pulled a large piece of glass out of my knee. Chippy and Mitch said that I should have been more careful. They went and got me duct tape and helped me tape it up. They said that I needed to keep my mouth shut about getting hurt and cut, or I'd be hating life even more. The next day, I was smoking weed with Eric and told him what had happened. He said, that's bullshit. The same thing happened to me when I was pledging. They poured glass on my head and I quit that night. They convinced me to keep pledging the very next day. It wasn't Mitch though. It was Kyle that poured broken glass all over me. Kyle got his hazing privileges taken away for a semester. Don't say anything to anyone else or Chippy and Mitch can get in a lot of trouble. I told Eric he was the only person I had told. I added that Mitch told me not to tell anyone.
0: Man, I didn't like those guys so much. (laughs) Well, Chippy was your roommate,
1: and Mitch... No, not Chippy. Chippy wasn't his job. I'm talking about Mitch
0: and Kyle. Yeah. Mitch Mitch and Kyle. I hated Mitch and Kyle so much. (laughs) Those two together were a nightmare.
1: Well, Forrest and and Kyle were even worse.
0: Oh, my God. Forrest... Okay, so Forrest... I avoided him like the plague. Uh, I, so everything about his psyche and his persona and everything about who he was then, I hated. I hated everything he stood for. I hated I hated the fact that oh, he had a really good-looking girlfriend, too, that was really sweet and nice all the time. And he just cheated on <laughs> her and was just shitty to her. And I remember their arguments playing out because I was just a lowly schmeg, I just had to keep my mouth shut every time his
1: drunken ass was rude. Is that the same one he's married to now? I don't know, it might be. Probably. On to the next story. October 16th, Vending Machine Revenge. After I bought candy from the downstairs vending machines with John, he decided to piss in the corner of the room. As a good friend, I played lookout. We are lucky that nobody walked in while he was doing it. He had gotten his revenge for the machine eating his munchies. It was like John was so crazy that he was still mad from the week before when um, that administrative person came upstairs and told him to stop shaking the machine through the floor. So he pissed on it. Ruined basically everybody's opportunity to get near the machines in the corner. But what can I say? I pissed on an elevator. I
0: don't think I have any weird... Pissing in places, stories from college. I can't remember them it's if I do. probably a good
1: thing. October 17th. It's cement to be. For a week I was plagued by the cement block that was my pledge pin. What girl wanted to press that thing to kiss me? I had mostly used it for a chair and to write interviews on. There were also times I had to do tripods with the cinder block on my butt. It got my biceps jacked for a week but it hurt my back carrying it around. My only saving grace was that it was so unusual that sometimes brothers would forget I was supposed to be carrying it with me at all times. When they didn't pay attention, I would leave it in other rooms and not carry it with me. While John and I were cleaning the chapter house after a party from the night before, I found a pledge pin. I wasn't sure if it was mine, but it was mine now. It had lost the backing, but I could use a piece of an eraser under my shirt as the backing. Nobody would ever know because they didn't see the backing. I called Eric and told him I found my pledge pin. I had to go to his house and prove it to him. But when I did, he let me finally retire my cement block. That was such a feels good moment. The best, uh, the best punishment, the best part of the punishment of the cement
0: block was, was, uh, bathroom breaks. Like to have to carry a cement block into the bathroom with you. The looks that you get, the explanation you have to give.
1: Personally, that wasn't the worst part for me. The worst part was that I was so clumsy, I was always worried about dropping it and breaking things around me. Because anywhere you go with a cement block is dangerous. You are now making it a danger zone. Yeah, I just looked it up. They're about 40 pounds. So so the weight of my kid... Yes. (laughs) But sharp and made of rock. October 18th, MLM night. We were called over to the Chapter House for a Malt Liquor Monday. The event was also called MLM. The brothers started the night off by making us drink warm forties until we puked on one another's heads. The brothers quizzed us on fraternity history, the Greek alphabet, the fraternity's founding fathers, and even asked us questions about one another. They asked what our Pledge Brothers' birthdays were, their middle names, their parents' names, and if they had any siblings. They wanted us to know everything about one another. Every time our answers were wrong, we had to drink something awful. Chippy, Forrest, Kyle, and Zeke made us do pop up schmeg and drink nasty concoctions in plastic cups. Pop up schmeg was when we hid behind the bar and when they called our names, we popped up and were quizzed. Sometimes we weren't even quizzed. They just told us to drink whatever it was they handed us. A lot of what we drank consisted of oven-warmed beer mixed with cinnamon, clam juice, marshmallows, Tabasco sauce, and liquors. After pop-up Schmeg was over, we took shots of vegetable oil. It made us all throw up profusely and none of us could even swallow it. When we were done puking, The brothers asked us if we wanted some vitamins. They said that they had some happy apples for us. A happy apple is a giant onion, and whatever brother went grocery shopping for them had an onion guy. We were given the onions and started eating them like apples. You got, a, you got a meat guy, I got an onion guy. Biggest onions in Radford, you've never seen anything so big.
0: What's <laughs> so funny is like, as soon as he said that, I was like, yeah, somebody had a connection. So we <laughs> had a line on the, the, uh, the onions the size of volleyballs for some reason.
1: <laughs> when they came off the truck, they were hand-picked.
0: Largest onions I've ever seen in my life were in college.
1: <laughs> Chippy kept screaming, Chew and swallow, chew and swallow. When we were eating them too slowly, Chippy told us to chew the onions like a cob of corn and not like an apple. John got the bright idea to start spitting his onion behind the bar, but after the fourth time of him doing it, the brothers wised up. They made us start showing our open mouths after they fed us these terrible concoctions to make sure we had actually swallowed them. They said we needed to get better at drinking garbage. We were awful schmegs. They told us to go back to the dorms. We didn't hesitate and took off running back to the dorm. John and I didn't even want to smoke. We both just wanted a shower and a good night's sleep. Just as I was fading into dreamland, my phone rang. Only 45 minutes had passed since the brothers sent us back. It was past midnight and was pretty late to start getting hazed. I didn't pick up my phone, so the brothers left a message. I listened to it right away. They said, if you don't come over to the fraternity house in the next 10 minutes, we're going to blackball you. I simply ignored it. And rolled back over in my bed. I knew the two of them didn't have the power to blackball me for not showing up to late night hazing. Paul asked what was going on, and I explained that the fraternity wanted to haze me. He said, fuck that, bro. That's why I'll never take that shit when I'm pledging a frat. Doesn't this sound like deja vu? Definitely sounds like deja vu. Tony called me and I picked up my phone. He tricked me into coming to the chapter house with him. I spent the next hour with Tony, finishing all of the condiments that we hadn't finished earlier. Forrest and Kyle were definitely on something a little stronger than booze that night. After we finished everything that was left, they let us go home. When I got back to my dorm room that night, I wanted to jerk off. The idea was to get a little bit of pledge frustration out. I tried to quietly and motionlessly do it in my bed. I have no shame. It was your right to not have shame. This is when Paul yelled, bro, are you trying to beat off right now? Go in the bathroom and get that shit out of your system and take a shower. You reek like mustard, cinnamon, and something garlicky. I went into the bathroom, had a shower, and got it out of my system. I don't know if that's a cool roommate or like, he's like, dude, if you're going to jerk off, can you not do it in the bunk bed? Can you go do it in uh, the bathroom? Uh, I I don't, I
0: mean, as far as reactions go, I feel like that's the best you could have asked for.
1: I agree. October 19th. Energized. John and Evan invited me over to their room. When I got inside, they said they were going to smoke meth. They offered me some. I said that I would try it once, just to see what it was like. Pause. The second time that John and Evan have invited me over to their room and the situation just went from like one to a thousand. The first time was stabbing the sweet mate's bed with a fucking hunting knife and now it's let's smoke some meth. And then before that actually is come over, John is pissing all over the room or John's drunk in his bed with his friend or whatever. How did these people make it into college? How did these people make it through college? But I wasn't going to make a habit of it. Since we were in the dorms, it was a pretty sketchy thing to be doing. John and Evan had made a tinfoil bowl to smoke out of, because John didn't want to get meth inside of his bowl that he used for weed. Evan had gotten the meth from his friend Brad, the same guy that was with John and I the night we almost got into a fight outside the library. Even though Evan trusted it, I didn't. I let each of the guys smoke it first, because I was a chicken. When I tried it, it didn't do anything for me. I think the idea was to be completely energized when you smoked it. The reason it didn't do anything for me was because I was already completely energized. All the time. That's why I enjoyed smoking weed. It relaxed my energetic tendencies. I thanked the guys for sharing, told them it wasn't my jam, and went back to my room to sleep it off. I'm happy that like I was never really into those things, because just having the personality I do, then... I don't know. I think it would have been bad. Yeah. I was reminded this week that I'm lucky to have a wife because I talk so much. (laughs) My reply was, I am reminded that every time a young girl hits on me and I think, you'd never be able to stand me. (laughs) (laughs) You're just getting a sample. You don't know what the full package is like. I'm making up songs like a kid and singing them everywhere I go. (laughs) One more story, and that's all she wrote for this episode. October 19th, Chin Music. The alumni weekend was scheduled for October 23rd and 24th. Some of the alumni came into town a few days early and left a few days late. Some of the Sig H alumni came into town on the 15th. One of those alumni was Brett Payne. Brett had graduated five years previously. My phone rang at around 2.30 a.m. on a Monday. I had class early the next morning, so I didn't pick up. It kept ringing until Paul asked me to pick it up. I should have just turned it off, but I was still new to pledging at the time. It was Forrest. He wanted me to get over to the chapter house with at least one of my pledge brothers, or I'd be hating life. I went to John's room and knocked on the door. Evan answered the door. I had woken him up, too. The life of a Pledge's roommate is riddled with annoyances. When he let me in the room, I tried to wake up John. John, we gotta go to the chapter house. I just want to stop this here because this is a great moment of how this is a one-way relationship sometimes. So, how many times has John gotten me, or Tony gotten me, or uh, James has gotten me, and said, hey, we gotta go to the chapter house. And I'm like, okay, no problem. And now it's my turn, and I'm like, John, I need you to come to the chapter house, and then just listen. He answered out of a dead sleep so quickly. Fuck them! Nothing I could do could get him out of that bed, so I left. I should have just gone to the chapter house alone. Instead, I called James and convinced him to come to the chapter house with me. When I asked if we should call Tony as well, he said we shouldn't because we could tough it out by ourselves. I loved his sacrificial manner. He was a good pledge brother. When we got to the chapter house, all of the brothers that were there were coked out of their minds. It was Kyle, Forrest, Brett Payne, James, and I. Somewhere along their glorious coke field ride, they decided they wanted to haze us. They started the hazing by making us do tripods in Kyle's bedroom. We had to pound beers, and we had just woken up. So imagine just getting called at 2.38 a.m., you're 18 years old, and they're like, get over here, and you're like, okay. And then they're like, okay, we want you to do these physical activities and pound these beers, and you're just waking up, and you have class in a few hours, too, and you've most likely been hazed all evening. It's another Monday night. Then they made us do squawks. I failed hard at squawks and slammed my knees multiple times trying to pull it off. I was too clumsy, sleepy and now too buzzed to pull off any athletic request. They gave up on making me squawk after another loud crash of my legs. They moved on to James, who was in the same spot as me, because he sucked at squawks. He eventually bumped his chin doing a squawk, and went ass overhead. He cut his chin open and started bleeding. He got pissed off, and the brothers let us leave after that. I felt awful, because I completely fucked over James by calling him that night. He still has a permanent scar on his chin from that night and that was another oh my god he almost broke his neck situation because imagine doing the worm but then your feet go over your head Ugh. so you make a, a reverse C shape it was very painful looking either way he started gushing blood and they didn't want any part of it because they were I'm sure. so they're like get out of here that was the solution right not hating, just describing the situation. (laughs) And that's another episode of the Hazy Podcast.